Robert Brown Elliott was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from 1871 to 1874. In 1871, he gave a speech in favor of the bill to enforce the provisions of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. This was otherwise known as the Ku Klux Klan Bill. In 1872, Robert Brown nominated 16-year-old John H. Conyers to be considered for appointment to the U.S. Naval Academy. John Conyers received his appointment to the U.S. Naval Academy on September 21st and was sworn in on September 24th. Do you remember the 21st day of September? Badaya, say do you remember? Badaya, dancing in September. Badaya, never was a cloudy day. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience, a show about learning by a compassionate, confident, and trying to be a considerate leader. I'm Stephen Thompson. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I was born in the Midwest. I live on the West Coast. I'm still a Chicago sports fan. I'm an educator. I have deep faith and deep convictions. And this is my experience. Come, let's learn together. Our central question for today, we're going to be looking at the song September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ask yourself this question. How are you helping people move closer to their personal ambitions? September is a very popular song by Earth, Wind, and Fire. In an NPR article written by Dan Charnis called The Song That Never Ends, while Earth, Wind, and Fire's September sustains. He says that September shows up at fictional weddings, like in the opening of the 1997 movie Soul Food. It made its way into TV shows, commercials, sporting events, video games, HBO even named a movie after the song. 2008, it played at both the Republican and Democratic conventions. Let's look at the lyrics. Do you remember? The 21st night of September, love was chasing the minds of pretenders. While chasing the clouds away, our hearts were ringing in the keys that our souls were singing. As we danced in the night, remember how the stars stole the night away. I wonder, was there dancing on the 21st night of September in the household of John H. Conyers several days before he was sworn in as a midshipman? He was the son of John Peter Conyers of South Carolina. His mother's name was Catherine Calder of Charleston. It wasn't clear if his mother or father were slaves, but at the end of the Civil War, it was believed that his father worked as a laborer for Francis Louis Cardoza. Cardoza was the first African-American to hold statewide elective office in the United States. Elliot, Cardoza, and Conyers all were from South Carolina. What makes this significant is just 11 years earlier, South Carolina seceded from the United States. Over the issue of slavery, November 9, 1860, the South Carolina General Assembly passed a resolution calling the election of Abraham Lincoln as the U.S. president as a hostile act and stated its intention to declare secession from the United States. December 1860, a former South Carolina congressman, John McQueen, wrote to a group of civic leaders in Virginia. He claimed that the U.S. president-elect Abraham Lincoln supported equality and civil rights for African Americans, as well as the abolition of slavery, and thus South Carolina, being opposed to such measures, was compelled to secede. South Carolina religious leader James Henry Thornwell also expressed a similar view to McQueen's, stating that slavery was justified under the Christian religion, and thus those who viewed slavery as being immoral were opposed to Christianity. In 
Wow. The parties in conflict are not merely abolitionists and slaveholders. They are atheists, socialists, communists, red republicans, Jacobins on one side, and friends of order and regulated freedom on the other. On the other. In one word, the world is a battleground. Christianity and atheism, the combatants, and the progress of humanity at stake. That's what James Henry Thornwell said. Now, here we are in the 1870s. We have African Americans, descendants of slaves, who weren't considered humans, are now being admitted to the Naval Academy, serving at the state levels and also at the national level. There should have been celebrations, dancing, and singing, and joy. And I'm sure there was. Because here we have a situation where the views of Thornwell and the views of McQueen were on the wrong side of history. They were proved wrong because Conyers entered the Naval Academy full of promise and potential. He earned his way into the Academy, as I'm sure that many of us work with hardworking people full of dreams and plans to do great work. Conyers successfully completed competitive district examinations and passed the final examinations at Annapolis. And Conyers received his appointment as cadet midshipman and was sworn in in September of 1872. Should be a happy time, joyful time. Here is a man going into the Naval Academy, the first African-American man to go into the Naval Academy. And you would think that he would be met there with people who would want to help him succeed. But unfortunately, this wasn't the case. From the beginning, Conyers met with difficulty because of being subjected to all manner of hazing by his midshipmen. He was cursed at, spat upon, and physically manhandled. Some of his classmates even attempted to drown him. Fall of 1872, he was marching, and he was kicked and punched by several other cadets. One of them was the Naval Academy's boxing champion, George Goodfellow. Now, news of this got out, and the hazing experienced by Conyers leaked to the newspaper. A board was convened to investigate the attacks. Goodfellow, the boxing champion, denied any wrongdoing, and Conyers claimed he couldn't identify any of his attackers. Now, in the end, it said they wanted to give Conyers a fair chance at succeeding on his own merits. They believed strong measures should be taken. In the end, Goodfellow and two other students were dismissed from the academy. But the abuse suffered, continued, more subtle forms, and his grade suffered. He survived another hazing attempt where nine midshipmen were dismissed from the academy due to their involvement. Hazed again, Conyers finally gave up, resigned from the Naval Academy in 1873. He fell into obscurity and became a laborer, worked at the Naval Shipyard, died in 1935. The alumni of the U.S. Naval Academy includes, at least, estimates, eight astronauts, five professional basketball players, 13 to 14 professional football players, dozens of elected officials, including governors, senators, congressmen, and one president of the United States, Jimmy Carter. As a leader, you can lead in a way that moves people closer to their greatest potential or away from them. You can be a wounder or a healer. 
and a lot of this sounds, sounds great, but then why is there a disconnect? There's a survey done, found that 17,000 U.S. workers in 19 industries participated in a survey conducted by a nonprofit group, Mental Health Foundation of America and the Foss Foundation, and they found that 71% of employees were unhappy with their jobs and looking for new ones. Two of the reasons cited according to this report, quoting it, employers, employees, and employers, the study found, are not given the recognition that most employees want. 45% of respondents said they rarely or never get the money they deserve, and 44% believe that they are always or often overlooked. 64% say that their supervisors don't give them enough support, and the majority of the participants are resentful of their coworkers. So much for teamwork. Now, I've seen many times my 20-year career, people come in and unintentionally, unknowingly hide the sun and introduce clouds. How does this happen? It happens every time you say no to a project introduced by a gifted performer. It happens every time you choose your own self-preservation over the needs of others. It occurs when you choose money over people and you tell others to hold people accountable, but you don't hold anyone accountable yourself. It occurs when you preach results, but don't have any of your own. <clears throat> it occurs when you see and you use titles as evidence of achievement instead of showing how you achieve results that are tied to the purpose your organization was designed to fulfill. It occurs when you look at research data and focus groups designed to support only your opinion and it fails to include empathy. It manifests itself in non-disclosure agreements, terms of conditions, gatekeepers, gatekeepers, at-will employment, when it should be a worker is worth his or her labor. The mission of the United States Naval Academy reads as such, is to develop midshipmen morally, mentally, and physically and imbue them with the highest ideals of duty, honor, loyalty in order to graduate leaders who are dedicated to a career of naval service and have the potential for future development in mind and character to assume the highest responsibilities of command, citizenship, and government. John H. Conyers came to the Naval Academy the best of the best, the brightest of the bright, and instead of being helped, he was humiliated constantly. What dreams died with Conyers? What great works that could have advanced society died with him? You know, there's a grave in South Carolina today. And inside of that grave lies not only the body of John H. Conyers, but the dreams, the ambitions, the great work that could have been done, but wasn't. You see, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but you can only do it so many times when people are kicking you back down, especially those who are supposed to be on your side. You see, when he entered that Naval Academy, according to the mission and vision, the people there should have been supporting him, not hazing him. Now, exit question is this. Are you taking the clouds away? and allowing people to see the sun? Or are you trying to be the sun yourself and the consequences, you're adding clouds. Now I wonder if leaders of the organizations that were surveyed, self-reflected, or blamed the employees. 
in the survey above of the 71% who dis- were dissatisfied with their jobs. Let me tell you this. If you start with blame and name-calling, you've missed the point. Start with self-reflection. Ask yourself, why are highly motivated, successful people discontent? Badaya, say do you remember? Badaya, dancing in September. Badaya never was a cloudy day. Badaya. People will dance when they come in. And people may dance when they leave. But what they do in between is up to all of us. So go out today and put some good into the world. This is Stephen Thompson, and thank you for being a part of my experience. I may know you or I may not, but know this. You are valuable. You are loved. You have talents, gifts, and abilities that the world needs. I don't know where you are on your journey, but you find them and you use them. Then know, whether near or far, if you agree or you disagree, if I'm not for you, realize I am for you, finding your place in the story written for you. Thank you for listening.